0: Greetings and welcome back to episode number 84 of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today you're going to hear Arielle Astoria, who is a wonderful soul, but also a poet, a creative, a, an actress, and she's dabbling also into so many different things as we talk about on the episode. She has such a wonderful way with words, so before you do anything else, make sure you go throw her a follow on Ariel Astoria with an E, and enjoy the rest of the episode.
1: Kiss My Aesthetic Branding, Marketing, Entrepreneurship. You're
0: listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice, so enjoy the episode everyone and welcome back to the kiss my aesthetic podcast I'm so excited to have Ariel Astoria here it's going to be such a good episode welcome to the podcast Ariel.
1: thanks so much for having me
0: oh my (laughs) gosh I can't wait to talk to you because I think you're one of my favorite people to follow on social on TikTok on Instagram and we're going to get into all of that but tell everyone who doesn't
1: know you yet who you are what you do and who you help for sure um I love that question. Who you help? Um. So yeah, my name is Ariel Astoria. I'm a poet and author, uh, an actor, drop down of a lot of different things. A creative, and um, the who you help. I think I my audience has always been centered around um women and and people identifying as women. I think I. Love to speak to everyone, but for some reason that has always been my space of like I want to talk to those trying to tap into what it means to be uh, whole and embodied, and a lot of that work had to do with me embracing my own body and figuring out what that meant and what that looks like. And so, um, yeah, I think the goal is always like humans. I want I want to help humans, whoever and however they identify. But I think I always have like this soft spot, this soft spot for, um, just feminine energy and feminine spaces.
0: Love that. And everyone who listens to the podcast, you're going to be absolutely, um, they're going to know this phrase of everyone's in the business of helping people, right? Mm -hmm. So the helping part is super important because whether you're a product or a service, it's so much about what we talk about is that, you know, everyone's in the business of helping people. So Mm -hmm. I love that you do that, of course, but walk us through everything you've got going on. So you've got so many different descriptors, right? You're, have you heard the term like a slap to be a slashy?
1: No, a slashy. A
0: slashy. So like a this slash this mean? slash that slash this, mm-hmm. so like designer, mm-hmm. slash creative director, slash gosh, podcaster. No. Is that a TikTok
1: y thing? Um, I'm like
0: is it TikTok? I think I learned it through through Michelle D'Souza of of Sane Skin because okay. it's big within the like the South Asian communities because you're usually this slash that as far mm-hmm. as your identity. And so they talk about that with being slashies, but then you can also have your like multidisciplinary approach. Being Interesting.
1: Yeah, that's a slashy. That's I I've heard of, um. you know, the term multi potential. I heard that from a, mm-hmm. a TED talk with uh, I think Emily is their name. And just like sitting in those boxes, of be- not sitting in those boxes, essentially is what it is like feeling like you're just in so many different worlds. And I and I feel chaotic a lot of times, especially now, you know, I'm like trying to venture more into, you know, the acting and, and television and commercial world. And, you know, my reels are just like this weird plethora of like me doing poetry, you know, in like skims, you know, body suits mm-hmm. and like, and like me in my underwear over here or like, you know, me as this mom of 13 year old of here. And so. I feel like I'm a very chaotic person. and I feel like in this season, I'm like, Ooh, those conversations about knowing and finding your niche, like, or n- a niche, however you want to say that niche. And mm-hmm. um, there's so many different ways. I think you could say that word. Um, finding that. I'm like, ah, I just, my niche is creativity, you know, yeah. like, but I, that's like as limiting as I can find myself in it. So, especially within the content creation world, it's like, Oh, are you a beauty? This, are you, mm-hmm. a are you a lifestyle? Are you a this? And I'm like, all yes. All of them. <laughs> you know, like yeah. all of them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I feel like, um, yeah, I'm sitting in a lot of different worlds right now. I'm, I'm wrapping up, you know, almost three year process of writing a book um, that will be poetry and essay and, um, you know, journal questions at the end, because why not make it this really reflective mm-hmm. and reflection moment? And I'm, I'm really excited about that. It'll be my first non self published piece of work. Um, and it's been really fun, just like writing these pieces, not, not fun. The process in which they are birthed was not a fun process, but the process itself has been so life giving and so intentional. You just kind of go in this little bubble. Um, and then on top of that, you know, trying, trying to get into this other creative world. So I'm in classes, you know, and I'm, I did a commercial or a, a music video last week. And then this week, I get to be in this short television series um, as a therapist. And that's super fun. And Mm. so I'm sitting in a lot of worlds and i and i love it you know i love i notice i love being on stage but i also love being on set i just love those spaces they're very electric for me um but then i also just love the intimacy of a book you know and oh, so totally. i'm sitting in all those worlds and so those are the those are what i'm up to you you know collaborations with other brands which is really fun and i'm getting out some new merch items which is always just a whole time so yeah i'm sitting in um Got a lot. I got a lot coming out. I got a lot coming your way. And, no kidding. And it's and it's really fun. Yeah. No kidding.
0: the The question we usually kind of go with, as most people that we talk to on this podcast are business owners, is kind of that free to bite size to bread and butter to VIP offering. But I kind of yeah. want to pose you the question of like, what is. Like, truly, you you just mentioned so many things. What is, like, the broadest way for us to consume your creativity? And what's the most VIP, like, if somebody was a brand and they're hearing everything that you're saying, they're like, you are who I want. I want your magic. How What does that look like for you? because there's a big spectrum, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, there is a big spectrum. I think right now it's living, it's all living on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to the intimacy of it, I'm figuring out what that looks like. Obviously, you know, you I have my writer community who's all on Substack and I love Substack, but I'm like, I just am not in a writing discipline space where because that's not my sole thing right now, so I don't have a lot going to subsec I do have a little email list, and so I'm actually getting ready to take um, a social media a sabbatical in August. And so the only thing that will be coming out will be my email. So my email list is is listed in my bio, and um those will be like sneak peek towards merch and just like what life is like without you know, Instagram for a second. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, and I have a lot, of, I mean, I come from a lot of worlds. So my content creation world is like, oh my gosh, that's so fun. Like you're so lucky that you get to do that. And I am because social media is not my bread and butter. I do get the permission to kind of, you know, leave it. Um, And I've never done that before because in the pandemic, it did become my, my bread and butter. I was on stage, I wasn't traveling. So it really was, you know, what I was doing. Um, And so now I'm at a point where I'm like, Ooh, I can I can release this for a little bit and recharge as an artist and as a creative. And so um, my email list is in the next few months, the most intimate way to connect with me. Um, and then Twitter is like, she's different over there. She's just a little sassy. Right? Uh, she's just a little, um, we just talk about more things over there. There are just some things where I'm just like, oh, I just don't, I don't want to share this and I don't want people to ask me about it. Right. And so on Twitter though, you could just, it's just like a like a bouncing like a, um, what is that? Like a, just a board almost where you can just Uh kind of throw things up and it Uh just kind of lives there. And so that's my Twitter, but yeah, Instagram is where I house every, everything that I'm sitting in for the the most part. Yeah. That's the hub. Um, Yeah. And then my email list for, for, that I'm trying to get back that right, get right, into right, right. for the more intimacy aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: I think I first found your account when you collaborated with Daisy LA because I started yeah. following Danny because she was sharing so much of her process, which mm-hmm. I found fascinating because mm-hmm. I was a newbie designer and I didn't yeah. know that you were allowed to show people how to make logos or how you use Illustrator and totally right. changed the way I thought about sharing about what I've got right. going on. But talk to me about how your work, and that was a spoken word project, correct? The first yes. one they did with her, the video? Yes, the
1: first one we did together was um, her really trying to introduce, you know, size inclusivity within Danny. Um, and then uh, we met at a at a conference called Yellow Conference for mm-hmm. Creative Women that were, you know, it's an OG kind of creative community here in LA. And so we met there where I was doing poems in, in emceeing the conference. And so she was like, oh my gosh, I would love to do something like that for Daisy. So she had a theme. Uh, I wrote the poem within that theme. And then, yeah we recorded it in the space. did a little rooftop did a little photo Mm -hmm. shoot with it and it was super fun yeah that's how we that's how we got connected
0: how has your work evolved since then we kind of talked about how social media has evolved and like it becomes everybody's everything and then everyone needs a break and it kind of just waxes and wanes right yeah talk to us about how your content or what you're curious about has evolved since those earlier days
1: yeah, well, I'm, I have never deleted anything off my Instagram. So wow, if you that. are like, really dedicated, you can scroll all the way back to some like real angsty, like old buildings <laughs> and poetry and just like fashion since that was like very 2000s. Um, and I, and I do that on purpose, because I like to show the the growth, I like to show the chain factory, I like, I personally like to go back and like, Oh, I'm not that girl anymore, you know, like I'm not, I'm not that person anymore and I'm not in that space anymore. And it's really beautiful like to have this visual representation, these little snippets, you know, these Mm -hmm. little highlights of just like growth over the years. And so, you know, I'm definitely re re looking at that and reassessing that because as I'm sitting in this setting where, you know, it's very video heavy, it's very, I'm 15 second focused. It's very quick. And it's like, not a lot of people are stopping and feeding. Like I was the queen of like long captions Mm -hmm. and like forget a long caption, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm definitely in a space of like me as a, as a human being, my, my social has always represented that it turned into this businessy, you know, like a marketable space, but it started just as it just me, you know, like behind it's just me. Like I, people are always so shocked that I respond to DMs <laughs> um, as me, you know, and I'm like, no, there's no team, but I'm like, this is like my page, you know? And right. so it's, it's, I've definitely in a space of like, just, you know, shifting in conversations and a sense of getting ready for my book. I feel like I've been trying to prepare my audience to get ready for my book and to get ready for those conversations. And I had like this, you know, existential crisis earlier uh, this year where I was like, oh my gosh, are people going to take me seriously as an author? You know, like I'm sitting here and I'm doing these outfit reels and I'm doing this, like all this lifestyle based stuff. And when it comes time to like, I wrote words and I put in a book, are people going to take me seriously then? And, um, and so I I was talking with a mentor about that and she was like, it's you at the end of the day, it's all just you. And if people are on board for that, then they're going to be on board for what it is you're doing. And so I definitely feel like I'm trying to, in this short fast-paced social world world, trying to find ways to get people to engage and slow down, to be, you know, very in touch with their humanity and each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the faster we go and the quicker these things around us are produced, the more we miss each other. And so I'm trying to find ways um, to come back to each other and to come back to ourselves and to come back to conversation and and written things and physicalities you know and and all of that the kind tactile of yeah yeah the tactile and, and yeah. how do we do that in a sh- in a social sense you know like in an online world and so because i'm not on stage and i can't have you in a room you know all the time and be in that space i'm trying to figure out how do i how do i transfer that energy right. that space in the digital world and i don't know if it's like i'm you know i'm having one of those like oh the algorithm or like i don't want to do it a gosh darn real or just like i'm looking Uh at my content i'm like they i am in a hole like i am in a social media you are not the only one you're not there's a lot of us there's a lot of us but i noticed hence the sabbatical it's just wearing and tearing on on how i show up and i'm like cool i got to I gotta reel myself out of this. I've because, had the same
0: the same feeling yeah.
1: because I think similar to you, my
0: 2020 and 2021 were really big years for my business. Yes. Everyone was starting a business, everyone wanted to be an entrepreneur, everyone wanted branding, everyone wanted to show up online. And then I'm here in 2022 and I'm trying to compare 2022 to two years where we had everyone's attention and there weren't things right. going on. And there was there were eyeballs, and I'm yes. here I'm stuck. Comparing apples and oranges, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, am I having a bad year? Or we're just 2020 and 2021, everyone was locked in their house. Oh, what well, we were doing. <laughs> like, that. Was that Absolutely. our only option? So giving Absolutely. myself grace in that too. But I think it's to zoom out even further. And I want to know this: are you a technology and social media optimist or pessimist? Like, are you critical of it, or are you, this is the best thing that's ever happened?
1: And, and like I wouldn't be where I am without it. Uh both. Because, okay. uh, I, I mean, it varies. I sustained an income in 2020 because of social media. You know, right. like, I was okay, you know, in a pandemic because of social media. And I have to give... Gratitude mm-hmm. towards that, you know, like, um, but then at that same time, I am a pessimist in a sense of my following grew as much as it did because there was these waves of social justice and, and, and raising right. up black voices. And it was like, go follow this black girl. And so I feel like I, I, I hit a weird engagement space where it's like, okay, but just so you know, like I'm not just going to talk about being Black here. Right. Right. Like and I hope and so I had it's very it's very much so both. I definitely am not as pessimistic as you know, I think um a lot of people can be, but I I, I definitely try to look at it as like, okay, it gave me a lot. It also takes a lot away, you know, yeah. at the same time. Like yeah, I, I spiral, I compare, um, more because we just have so many more people to look at in one space. And so I definitely am both a pessimist and a Positive? That's not the word. Um, and like the pessimistic- a utopia and dystopia about it. Yeah. And I definitely. I'm like, it gives and it takes. Yeah. It gives and it takes is pretty much where I debate so. with
0: my friends all the time and I get them, they get really upset because when I started learning about metaverse and crypto and all these crazy things, I was, my brain felt like it was on fire. I was like, Oh my yeah. God, this is going to be incredible. Like what does it look like to create a fictitious hotel in a metaverse that you're not limited by the confines of, of physics. Like what mm. how, What does that, like my brain, I'm like thinking mall in my head. Like I have so much fun with just the mental brain teaser of it. And then I have friends that give me feedback that are like, this is terrible. We're all just gonna be hooked yeah. up to our devices all the time, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's not, in my mind, it's not one or the other. And like you're talking Mm -hmm. about getting back to tactile, getting back to real, getting Mm -hmm. back to relationships. Those two things are going to grow in tandem to each other. Like you're going to have this crazy virtual existence, I think. And then you're also going to crave and want and desire and dive deeper into those things that aren't that. Like I think they're going to grow parallel.
1: So it's
0: really interesting because I think that they can both leverage and learn from each other. But what are you excited about for the future? What gets you fired up for where things are headed?
1: Um, I think I'm excited for the ways we tap out, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm <laughs> excited for with the way social media is going. I'm looking for how we return back to other things you know Mm -hmm. more pauses you know less everything lives here I live here because I constantly am saying like we don't live life on social media we report life on social media which means we have to remember to still live life Mm -hmm. other places you Mm -hmm. know and so I'm looking forward to how we live life you know like I'm looking forward to to Um, just hopefully how we create in ways that, you know, stretch and expand the box in which we're like kind of being forced to be confined in. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, yeah. What stories, what, I mean, all of, I didn't see it, but my husband saw the movie Nope, you know, which is all about spectacle. It's all Mm -hmm. about this constant desire and need to be seen and at what costs, you know, like Mm -hmm. what at what risk. And so I think I'm excited for the work that comes out of how we're sitting in this space. I think I'm excited for that and the art um, that comes out of it, you know, because there's always going to be, the artists are always going to speak to the time. So I'm excited for how the zeitgeist, you know, shifts and thus how artists respond to it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And the the more psychologists that are studying it, they're kind of explaining it as like wires getting a little bit crossed in the brain. Mm-hmm. Right. Of like we're now so used to this like slot machine mentality of like refresh, refresh, get more likes, yeah. get more views. And like that whole thing, like that is starting to have an impact on our brains. Right. And our patients right. and our attention span and right. what we perceive to be normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Like now flying in a first class air ticket is super accessible if you play your points games, right? And all that information is online and all that. you got to have this credit card and this little like, right, like that can be super, super intimidating. And I think entrepreneurs fall into this, this trap, right? Of the comparison Mm. imposter syndrome. And especially as a creative, what I've had to tell myself recently is like, everything can be content, but not everything has
1: to be. Has to be. Yeah, that's good. It
0: can like it, it is interesting, be. and it's fun to it share. Can. And I do uh-huh. enjoy it when I enjoy it. But when I do uh-huh. not enjoy it, I'm like, okay, this does not have to be content. Feeling it, yeah. this yeah. does not have to exist. Like no yeah. one's going to die if I don't share uh, what I ate for breakfast. Like I promise, right, right? So if it's not there, it's not there. And I took a sabbatical with my sister for thirty days Jeez. in Europe
1: nice and so, so we did fun. like new
0: york and then we went all around europe together and we're like this is why we work this hard is to work this hard is to do this uh-huh, yeah uh-huh. yeah but i yeah. still found myself being like i'm gonna take pictures of this i'm gonna cut this into a reel i'm gonna make this a and then of i course. got back and that doesn't get me new clients necessarily right. that's just me sharing like look at this right. <laughs> <I did." laughs> yeah which is Absolutely. also fine but it's so crazy mm-hmm. so i'm so excited for your sabbatical because i feel like you're gonna yeah. have all this stuff that's gonna like bubble up the stuff that's yeah. maybe been been suppressed.
1: Press for sure. I'm excited yeah. for, I'm excited for that. I feel like there is a lot suppressed, and yeah. I think I'm, I'm like, Ooh, I feel it not being able to come out, you know, like I, yeah. I'm, I like definitely have that feel. Um, and so I'm like, Oh yeah, I gotta, something's gotta, I gotta unplug, you know, because yeah. I'm, I'm not being able to access, you know, what do I, have what a, I have. Do you have a ritual
0: or a routine that gets you ready to kind of express some of that stuff? Like when I have to sit down and do someone's logo, I have a very set routine, a ritual that I do before I'm sitting down and then like channeling all that from my brain out onto the computer. So I'm wondering if you have that with your poetry or, or your writing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely when it comes to writing and um, going into that space, there's always music. You know, I'm not much of like a set of mood. There might be a candle. There might be, I mean, I'm such a late night. I can't, I'm like thinking of things, you know, and I should, and I should be going to bed, but I'm like, cool. You know, I'm in my office at 11 o'clock and I'm like, yep, this is the time it's quiet, Mm -hmm. you know, but my brain is not. And so I'm definitely a nighttime creative. Music Mm -hmm. is usually involved, maybe a candle or two, but, um, and if I have to like really focused that I'm not drinking but probably a glass of wine uh-huh, is, is uh-huh. somewhere in there and so that's kind of like my process for that and then when it comes to you know it also is like I call it a spilling you know because oftentimes it's like the words are like oh there's a phone coming and I need to be somewhere accessible to write it down. Mm-hmm. And whether that's my phone, whether that's my computer, what have you. But if I'm going in on more, you know, contracted mm-hmm. uh, work that has a due date, things like that, then I definitely create a, a moment for myself. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm usually Bon Iver or James Vincent mm-hmm. McMorrow or, you know, some instrumentalist in Germany um, helps me with like just tapping into that space.
0: Yeah. I always end up listening to playlists that correlate with the project that I'm working on.
1: Mm. Because I feel like mm-hmm. that helps
0: me get in the headspace too. I love that. So I, love that. I just did like branding for like a 1950s style diner. So I was listening to like sock pop music and that was really fun. And love then I um, was doing like an Airbnb in upstate New York on a Peach Grove. And I was like, that's where I got into like the Bonnie Bear kind nice. of vibes. Like BB Maggie love. Rogers. I was like, I love. need this to be like a retreat because mm-hmm. it's, it's so true. I think when you're creative and you have like, we have all these senses that we can take in information. I love going like immersively going right. there and just like getting myself in that brain space and like you're saying sitting down and focusing on it for an extended amount mm-hmm. of time that is the fun that is the fun yes part. that is Absolutely. the creation and then you have to turn all that creation and like somehow get people to know that it exists so <laughs> there's the marketing right, right, right. too there's right that part. so yeah. where do you see the line between like marketing and creating and do you delineate the two or do they kind of bleed into each other
1: I think for the most part I let the creation be the creation, you know, like I try to really not limit that space, Mm -hmm. uh, try not to create too many boxes or, or to go into it too strategically that way, when it comes to the marketing, there's a little bit more thought process behind it. There's a little bit more like, even with, you know, my book, the actual writing of it was, was such a flow. I'm a lot of feedback from editors, but such a flow. And now I'm, I'm going into, you know, figuring out what an album could look like, Mm. uh, with some of the, pieces from the poem and that is just like i mean it's more visual i like i see colors i i the title like it's a little bit more of this creative with marketing mindset. Right. And so it definitely depends on what it is I'm working on. But I definitely I think there has to be a twofold. Like yeah. you're not just going into the creative process, not knowing that it's going to go somewhere eventually. And so usually I have some idea of a visual of a color of a vibe, you know, like um, I have a, a poem that I wrote I have for, um, it's called What a Miracle. And it's like for, you know, black women, and I knew very specifically, like dancers, and mm-hmm. like really neutral colors. And I and I had that, you know, very clearly once the poem was done, and we had the music to it. So it definitely is a crossover. I think I don't think they're separate. But I do think they live um, individually, and intersect also at the same time.
0: Can you think of a project where you saw it going much differently in your head and then it just did not materialize the way that you had in mind? Or are you pretty on par with, with your creative? I'm production? pretty
1: on par with, execu- yeah. <laughs> with execution just because my, how I see it is so specific. Right. Um, and if anything, it goes above and beyond. So okay. I even with the What a Miracle, we shot it on like a Friday or something. And like Tuesday, I was like, pompous. I need I need pampas. Like I need big <laughs> vases right. with pampas in it. So I'm like all on Instagram trying to find someone who would just let me rent mm-hmm. va- pampas in a vase, you know, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. and I found it and it was exactly what I was looking for, but it was like a last minute ad, but um if anything that project turned out to be more than I expected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, usually like I'm the I don't I haven't had a project yet where I'm like that's not what I thought it was going to be. I'm (laughs) I'm pretty spot on to like what I know it's going to turn into. And that's just my own personal ones. I've had lots of times with other people, you know, or in other events where it was like, Ooh, did not expect that. But Uh when it comes to the things that I have my own hands on, I I execute pretty specifically. So I think yeah. we're similar in that way. I call those
0: my that's a Raven moments. Like uh,
1: love. You just, that.
0: Like, you just head whip around and you tap in and you're like, this is what I need right now.
1: Yes. <laughs> you're so like, I see it. It's it's the vision is the, the vision is there. there. Yeah, the vision uh-huh. is there. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> um, did you have that kind of feeling about your rebrand? Because I know you rebranded not too long ago. Tell us about yes. that. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, so with the rebrand, I mean, I had realized for the first time in like, I've been doing this since, you know, 2015 pretty consistently. Um, and as a full time gig, and I realized I'd done like a little logo mm-hmm. over here, a little business card over here, but I've never been, you know, like very specific. I naturally am already, um, you know, even now I'll like come with like my phone case and then my outfit and people are like, there's an aesthetic Totally, here. totally. And I don't always do that on purpose. It just, I think I am such a mood person. I'm like, right. this is where I'm at right now. And so my phone case matches and like little things around me match. And so I naturally am just a visually aesthetic person. Right. I don't, I. I have, that's a part of life for me. It's right. like, is it cute? You know, like, it, does it make me feel something when I go there? And so when it came to my branding, I, initially, it was like, Oh, I I just I need a logo. But a lot of, you know, companies now were like, No, it has to be a story. It has to be like, you know, especially we had chatted mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. it was just like, No, it has to be a story. And it has to be a full story. So it's not just a logo, because that is out of context, you know, yeah. like, and I was like, Oh, absolutely and so it was came a conversation of like visually I already rep myself in a very specific way but how do I have this very concrete you know booklet so that I can send it out which has been great you know for for different projects that I'm, I've i been working on and and with the book you know you'll see elements of my branding in the book which I'm really excited about and so yeah that process was just about going meeting with different artists you know and de- designers that I connected with you totally. definitely being one of the top and and just like meeting with different people. And I was noting the questions that designers asked me. And that was like a very important part of the mm-hmm. process. And also just like how I felt about having to explain myself. Cause I have had to have visual experiences where I just had to overly explain or constantly show examples. And it was just like, I am not being seen and I'm an Enneagram four. And that is right. my deepest fear is that I'm not right, being seen right, and that right. I'm not being understood. So that plays a huge part into even just going in through that branding process. And so I had already had a website again from a different designer. I just worked with so many different designers in different fields. And I was like, Ooh, I'm ready to like hone in and create consistency with that. And so I sent, you know, different Pinterest boards and like, here are colors that I like and here are things that I am gravitating towards and here, you know, here are things. And then they kind of took it and ran with it in the best possible way. And we, I never had a meeting with them where they gave me a template or a sample of something where I was like, no, it was all like, Okay, now we just got to bring it in Uh because I am like, oh, all of this feels like me. But then, you know, like chatting with my assistant and like what we gravitated towards. And so that was a really fun process. Probably the biggest investment I've had to make so far in a sense of just like – establishing myself fully. And like, this is a brand, you know, I never thought that I would be creating a space where I as a person am am, am branded, but that's just kind of the society that this is space that we're in. So yeah, it became a very branded space, which was really cool. Yeah. It was really fun. I'm, I'm love everything we've created. And I've been able to send it out to other people and now we're going to adapt some of that to our merch coming out, which is really exciting. And so, yeah, it was a fun process. It was really fun.
0: Building personal brands is some of the most fun work and also some of the most difficult work because it has to be specific enough to the person, who they are, what they do, who they help, like we talked about, but also vague enough to encapsulate anything that they could even possibly – add-on as a branch to this family tree, right? Yes. So we're doing that right now with another client of mine and he's like serial entrepreneur and has all these different mm. sub-brands underneath. And how do we create this architecture where those can all live as as different, almost like little children on the family tree. Yeah. But there, there's, there's this bigger umbrella where people can yeah. see that and they can start to associate those aesthetics with the quality of work that he does. Absolutely. And that's a that's really, great. really interesting thing. and And personal branding is such a, it's such a now thing like you're talking about, like it's such a modern Mm -hmm. concept in a lot of ways. Yeah, Um, for sure. Because even Henry Henry Ford was different than Ford Motor Company. Like of the same name, but he did not exist in the capacity that like individuals exist as companies, like embodying companies as as they do today. Can you think of anyone that stands out in your mind as a personal brand that you really admire what
1: they do? I don't know. I think I don't follow a lot of branded people which is really interesting in that question that you're asking yeah like I mean I follow a handful of you know actors and -and up-and-coming actors Mm. and they could give two flying you know craps about being branded you know like they're just trying to get in the room and so I think I actually gravitate towards people who don't have this like clean aesthetic. I mean, I follow yeah, a same. few, like I can think of like, you know, like lifestyle creators and things like that who have a very clear aesthetic. Uh, Vic Styles is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is just like very boho, very, you know, black and proud. Uh, she does a lot of, she has like her own like weed company, which is like so cool. different. From you know the worlds that i I sit in mostly just you know the i'm right. I'm not a smoker, I don't indulge, but I love how she does her artistry with it is just cool. impeccable um I have a friend her name is Lola, and she's like very lifestylely based in like her light and she she's a really good shadow play person when it comes to her page and her aesthetic and so other than that, though, I don't I don't follow a whole lot of branded or aesthetic people, or not aesthetic. but follow a lot of aesthetic people, but more branded people, right? Which is actually really interesting. I think that's uh, healthy to think though. About.
0: I think that's healthy yeah. because I think. You also fall into the trap of, you know, as young designers or young entrepreneurs, you can want to follow all the people that are in your space. And yes. then you can get really, really, really overwhelmed, overwhelmed. with the comparison of feeling yep. like, well, I'm not where they are. I don't have the jobs that they do or whatever. And that can be its own spiral. Yes,
1: absolutely. You know? absolutely. I think that's why I, like, I yeah. grew
0: TikTok so much because I love mm-hmm. being constantly exposed to people
1: I've never seen before.
0: That's yeah. the most fun
1: thing. Yeah, and you're not really going to people's pages thinking like, oh. what does it look like on TikTok? Which is oh. like, it just is like, yeah, it's such a different, it's such a different space. Which I do appreciate uh, that. Um, it for when you know that happened. I don't, I don't get it on it as much, and I because I'm like, I don't need another platform where I'm being forced to like create. But I do dabble in there, but I mostly just mm-hmm. enjoy going on there and just getting lost a little bit. Oh, totally, yeah.
0: or falling into yeah. the rabbit holes of people with such specific niches, like this girl mm-hmm. who does the history of lakes. And she talks about the history of how these lakes were formed and like the history, what we know about them, the crimes that have happened. <laughs> like, like she Crazy. goes like, full research, deep dive. And that's yeah. the, that's the kind of creativity and like the attention to detail that I'm drawn wow. to. Um, wow, wow. wow, Yeah. That's awesome. Again, like stuff I would have never searched on my own volition, but now yeah. because I've watched her content, it's like the fact that it populates for me already and I don't have to like go, <laughs> I don't even <laughs> remember her profile, babe. Like, I that's don't even, wild. But I yeah, know that's like wild. when I get one of her videos, it's like a little treat. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. So in I that way, that. like you, I'm, I'm very much like social media optimist and I can be a little bit yeah. cynical of it. I'm in a cynical cycle as of recent. I think this summer has been hard. I feel that. Yeah. It's been hard. I feel and that. It, it's been hard also, not that it's, it, this is where I want to choose my words wisely because I believe in my heart of hearts that if you have a business on social media, you have a responsibility to make yeah. it known how you stand yeah. on social issues. That's just what I, to my core belief, if I'm going right. to be able to talk to people, that want to engage with me for work for free through a platform, mm-hmm. then I they deserve to know where I stand because by supporting yeah, me, you're absolutely. supporting these issues. So it should never be a surprise, a shock. A, any no one should be floored absolutely. that I believe right. that like women should have the right to choose, and that Black Lives Matter, and that gay people should be able to be married, and all of this like long long laundry <laughs> list that we <laughs> have to post this long list that we have to like yeah. reminds people it's just it just absolutely blows my mind. But I do get feedback at least through my Facebook group or. DM, I'm saying like, I wish I could speak out like this. Mm. I wish I could say something like this, but I'm not I'm not gonna jeopardize my business yeah. over my personal views. Okay, so the question is, and kind of the things that I think have made this more recent season of social media particularly difficult, is that the world descends into chaos and then people yeah. do not know what to do with themselves and how to, yeah. in an online space, especially if it's for their business and let how they feel about the world be known. What are your best pieces of advice or like words of wisdom or even just questions to ask yourself as someone who has a business online when tragedy occurs or when social justice issues float to the surface, which is sad that they even have to float up. They should be com- topics of conversation all the time. But besides the fact, tell us what, yeah. what kind of conversations you've been having.
1: This is so, yeah, there's so many layers to this. I think the first layer is asking the why the why, your why, and also societal why, why your product exists, why you as a brand exist, all of that. If it doesn't fit within your your why, then it's okay to have those conversations not on social media. The other layer to that is there's this constant need to have those conversations on social Mm -hmm. media. That is not always the house in which it needs to live. A lot of times house in which it needs to live is in our own homes with our own communities in our own intimate spaces. And it became a thing where you had to talk about it on social media. Um, The black squares, Mm -hmm. uh, I stand with so-and-so the me too, the hashtags of movement. It, it pushed that if it, it's not, you're not engaged in the conversation unless you're posting about it, which is not, which is not true. Right. Um and I think one and first and foremost we need to break that mentality that it always has to be social share um, a carousel post totally. uh so informed conversation. You know, it doesn't doesn't have to live there. Um, and it and it that's not our news. You know, like Instagram is not our news. There are other spaces in which our news exists in which we get that information, but we've funneled it all and that is primarily to the pandemic. We weren't engaging with each other. We weren't, you know, in each other's homes. And while so much was happening, all we could do was go to the comments. Mm-hmm. All we could do is go to our stories. And, and so there's there, there's that layer to it. Um, And then there's also the layer to it of the first thing that I thought of when you asked that was like, a lot of us don't have the privilege to separate our business from our personhood.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
1: is where I I find a lot of a lot of nuance. Like I can't separate being a black person while mm-hmm. all of this is happening within my community mm-hmm. and within my world. On, um, because again. I didn't start as a brand. I started as a person, you know, like I'm not Mm -hmm. the thing I'm selling. The product is, is me. And that comes with a lot of nuances. It comes with a lot of, you know, grievances. It comes, it comes with a lot, you know, because I'm, I'm a human and I'm a multifaceted human. And so a lot of times, you know, I think even now, sometimes I'm like, am I shadowed? Because, you know, I talk about these things or because I'm not an a content creator or an influencer who just is like, here's a code, here's a code, here's an outfit, here's an mm-hmm. outfit, like, I because I can't, you know, like, and I, I won't let myself be forced into those spaces. And so I think this conversation is, is, is very layered. But I do get a lot of, you know, inquiries where it's like, Oh, this is happening. Can you post about it? Or this is happening. And I right. really have to like, we have to stay researched. we have to stay aware, because then otherwise, it just becomes this very clickbaity, um, share heavy space where we're just sharing stuff and we don't know context. We don't know background. We don't know story. And I'm, I'm very much so a left and a right brain creative a lot of times. And so I need, I need context, you know, I need and logic. backstory yeah. and logic. And I <laughs> yeah. can't just share just because it's just emotionally driven, even though I am very emotionally driven, you know, and even I think in the last, you know, wave of there was like that number for you know the suicide hotline was had mm-hmm. changed and it was a lot of conversation about like what that meant and what that looks like and me my husband you know he's a great my Greatest source of like, what is this information? You know, he's a very informational, very fact based uh-huh. person, which I'm very glad because it could be like this doesn't feel right, you know, or or this is happening, and like, or someone told me this, and like, is that true? And so we do. I have to do the research because otherwise, I get like get looked at. You know, I get told I'm you know sending false information or doing X, Y, and Z, and so it's it's a very tricky line. So engage because you're passionate about it. Engage because you have information information. information to share, to give to, to, um, because you think it's going to help if you Mm -hmm. yourself or your product, you know, or what your business is itself is not the helping cause, then allow yourself to be a transport for that help. But only if it really means something to you only if, and I mean, all human issues should mean something to you, but that doesn't always mean that it has to be this spectacle, you know, coming back to that, not everything is meant to be a spectacle. And so you really have to, it really is a, very thin line. And like, I just don't want people, I had a friend, you know, when a lot of Black Lives Matter and a lot of, you know, those conversations were coming up, she was like, I want to share. I just don't know like where or how. And I was like, first of all, you need to have more than one person who's of color besides me. Start there and then start And then start doing stuff, but like, start with your home, like start with Mm -hmm. your community, start with your neighborhood before you start doing all these other things, because otherwise it just falls mute, you know, like Mm -hmm. that whole wave of, you know, follow a person of color, you know, raise the voices. It was so short lived and that affected black creators in more ways than people probably realize while it, the intense may have been seeming good it kind of fucked us a little bit excuse my language and yeah. so yeah. um like really just there's got to be some substance to it. There's got to be some backbone to it. And there it. has Otherwise, to be follow it, through. Sure. There has to be through. follow through. It's yeah. like, if
0: we're going to champion and we're going to uplift black creators, are we shopping from black right. creators? Are we right. supporting them monetarily? Are we hiring right. them? Like there's, there has to be more. And it's been yeah. the same conversation. It's really interesting because my, my middle sister is three, four years younger than me. And she's, she's very woke. So mm-hmm. she'll tell you. And uh-huh. so we get into these debates and these discussions about, about what's, what, you should do, and we have the debate about capitalism a lot, right right? right? right, Of like, there is no conscious consumerism under capitalism, yeah, because you know it's about making it as cheap and efficiently as possible, and that exactly. doesn't always come with the best labor practices, and exactly, and all those things. And I, I assured her, I'm like, girly, I'm on your team. Like, I'm mm-hmm. seeing what you're seeing. We just have different ways of going about it, and yeah, and I've hired my team based on who was talented. I didn't care right. if they were gay straight bi black right. brown like right. any like i'm hiring them based on their talent and the best yes. way that i can affect change in the world we currently live in is mm-hmm. to create opportunity and yes. to like put my money where my mouth is and Absolutely. actually hire and invest in the people that of the kind of world that i want to see because right. i i i get where people are coming from and i see the importance of being really upset at the mega billionaires but also, it's like Eliza Scheslinger, the comedian, made this video of like, you guys are pissed at Kylie Jenner for flying her jet from one LA airport to the other LA airport, but you all bought her lip kits. So, <laughs> which, well, you right. cannot have it both ways. Right. Like, right, you right, cannot right, be mad at her if you're all gonna buy and sell out her collection. Like, yeah. you're sub- you're voting with you're, your dollar. So yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. it's such a it's like you said, it's so layered. But I find it to be so important, and I find like entrepreneurship and and social justice so
1: inextricably linked. Yeah. So yeah.
0: connected. I find them to be so connected.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think they have to be connected because, like, at the heart of everything – is humanity you know mm-hmm. like at the heart of literally every single thing is humanity and eventually we either get so far from that that we we have to come back to it or we get so you know like um, absent of it that we're reminded of it or we're forced to come back to it mm-hmm. so i think either way it happens like we're gonna remember that at the core of everything is our humanity and each other's humanity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the moment we forget that whatever we're in you know the the society and the, and I think even more so deeper than that, like, you know, the universe is going to bring us back to that, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. I think whether we want to learn that lesson or not, we're, we're going to experience it, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Definitely. Oh my goodness. Such a good conversation and so many good topics covered in just even a short amount of time. It always goes by Mm -hmm. so fast (laughs) (laughs) when it's over. Um, but we love to ask what's something that you think you do extremely well and what's something you'd like to be better at?
1: Well, I'm sitting in a pretty crappy space. So I my <laughs> first thought is like nothing. I do nothing well. Oh. Um, I think I have a, a great way of being able to like take what I see and adapt it so that it feels authentic and true to me. Um, yeah. I feel like in anything I touch, I feel like I do that well. Um, something I would like to do um, better, it's just the logistics of being a creator. Just oh, those girl. little nitty gritty, <laughs> you know. Like I'm, I feel like my my um, text person is like chasing me down right now. I just like wish I really do uh, genuinely wish I was good. <laughs> I was good at oh my the gosh. technical aspects of being a creative. I wish I could, but I guess I could. I can't have both. So I'm. I'm. Yeah, practicing <laughs> because in if you world. had
0: that, what would you have to sacrifice in the other direction? You know exactly. Exactly. So
1: yeah, I wish I, I wish I could balance those, you know, technical things a little better, but this is not my gifting. So, yeah.
0: I'll leave you with one more analogy to play with that I've been, been chewing on recently, which is design and creativity is actually translation services. Mm. (laughs) It's like, we're taking in information and we're translating it and we're outputting it in a different, a different output. And that seems to resonate um, quite well with, with people I've told it to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a fun spaces. one. That's a fun one. It feels yeah. so. Le-
1: it feels so legit.
0: Yeah. yeah, it feels it feels legit, and it feels like it feels like um, it's not that other people can't learn how to translate. It's that the way mm-hmm. that I translate it is inherently going to be different it's than anyone different. else. Different, absolutely. Just because of who you are. So like, right? You could put a bunch of really talented designers all side by side. If you gave them the same prompt, what's the probability that they'd end up on the same solution? Probably pretty low. Yeah, that's
1: you know? really good stuff. I love that. Yeah. Well, where can
0: everyone find, follow, connect with you,
1: learn about your book, which is coming out. I know I'm going to set yes. up your email list because that sounds yes. amazing. Tell um, us everything. All the things, uh, again, hub is Instagram. So you can link in bio. That's my email list, my website, um, my iTunes, my Spotify. Everything is just my name, Ariel with two L's and an E, Astoria, Astoria. Um, and yeah, again, iTunes, Spotify website, um, sign up for my email list because that is the only way you can engage with me next month. And yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I respond to my DMs like text messages. So don't be afraid to slide in and say, hi, if you hear this and something resonated with you, I'd love, that's like one of my favorite parts about podcasts Yay. being like, Oh, I, I still think about this little nugget or, or this helped me a lot. So I appreciate hearing that because otherwise I'm just, on here talking and what yeah, then is we're just that, talking you know? to the internet. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, everything is Ariella Astoria. Um, and you can find me, you can find me there.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you thank so much for coming you. on the pod. And we'll of catch course. you next time guys. Thanks for having Bye. me. Bye. <laughs> The Kiss My Aesthetics book group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.